Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of gambling as a technique to avoid arguments. Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel, dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is, as you know, the path of Socrates. My friends, today I thought, oh, I think I'll make a podcast episode. Uh, what should I talk about? Well, all I have to do is go to my master list of subjects that numbers over 900. Things I have thought about over the last year. Oh, I could talk about this, talk about that. Uh, there are many more that I haven't written down. So, uh, so I will probably never shut up. But one of those things just caught my attention for some reason was something I'd written down last year, gambling as a technique to avoid arguments. I had to think, well, what was that again? Oh, yes, I know what it was. Now, let's examine this. By the way, this is not a pro-gambling talk. I'm not saying, you know, rush out and start gambling. Let me explain. So often when people are in an argument, let's say about political things, let's say something like, uh, I don't know, uh, could it be stimulating the economy by printing more money? Well, some people would say, yes, it's a good idea because if they print more money, there's more money in circulation, then there's more money to pay for things and more people can have money, da, 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 right? And the other people, that is the people who are more sensible, are going to say, but the more money you print, the more inflation you're going to have. And this is lowering the value of all money. Right. Okay, so the two sides argue about that. And so often in arguments, each one thinks that he or she is right. And they don't even listen to what the other person's saying. They just think that they're right. Well, it occurred to me, I don't know, a few years ago, people should maybe gamble more in that respect. For example, let's take something like uh, the president. Somebody says, for example, Biden, I don't even take Biden as an example, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Let's say, I don't know, Obama's policies for the economy are really good. Don't like taking him either. Don't like taking frankly anybody, but nonetheless. And others say, no, they're bad for the economy. Well, instead of arguing about it and getting really heated, what you can do is say, you know what we're going to do? You say Obama's policies are going to be good for the economy. And, and we're going to see, you know, next year we'll see that the economy is better. And maybe... Well, you might think that's not the case. So what you could say is, and it, well, even if you think it is the case, either one could say, no, we're going to do, we're not going to argue about it now, because how can we know? We can't really know. It's such a complicated topic. What we're going to do is we're going to bet. And the person who thinks that the president's policies are not good for the economy say, I bet you that next year at this time, the stock market is going to be at least 1% lower, maybe 2 3% lower, maybe say 5% lower, whatever. Uh, and that inflation is going to be higher, and this and that. And you make a bet, and you bet about $10, $20, $50, $100, 1000 if you have the money. And then you don't have to argue about it anymore, do you? Then you're glad when the other person, if you're convinced you're right, let's say, yeah, certain president's policies, and I'll take Biden because supposedly he is president. <laughs> uh you know, I would say his policies are going to totally ruin the country and they're already doing so. That's why it's not fair to take him, probably. But it doesn't matter who the president is. 
some people might defend him. I know that it's a very small number today, but I don't know how many people are saying Biden's policies are going to make America a lot stronger next year. I haven't heard a single person say that, which is why I also don't want to take an example. We could take a, I don't know, Bill Clinton, any president, whatever. <laughs> There's a trouble I'm having here finding a president that really did real fantastic things for the economy. Trump in some respects, but uh, I don't think he cut spending. And that's a pretty major issue. So it's hard to defend any of these people. Ronald Reagan, he did some, in some ways, some good things for the economy, lowering taxes, but also didn't cut spending. So we had the, these huge deficits. You kind of think that maybe presidents should go to the Austrian school of economics, that is, read those books and learn about how the economy really works. <laughs> Just saying. Ron Paul should have been president. I think he would have been, in many respects, a very great president. But because he's such a good guy, he didn't even get close. Oh, that's often the way it is, right? But my point here, and that was just one example, the economy. You're locked in battle, in verbal battle with someone, and you just have a total difference of opinion. And it is something that time will tell. That's important. For example, if you're arguing about abortion, whether it should be legal or not. Well, there's no way that time could tell. Well, in a sense, yeah. If you're religious and think when those abortionists die, they're going to have to meet God and they're going to be thrown into hell, well, then time will tell. But then it's too late to start paying off bets. So subjects like that, you can't do that with. But about whether somebody's a good president, you know, if somebody serves their time, <laughs> serves their time. A lot of these presidents really should serve time in that other sense. But they, 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 well, they do their job as president. And if at the end the economy looks better and things are really looking up, you know, there are more jobs, etc., etc., and that was the case with Trump, the unemployment rate was extremely low. Uh, of course, then COVID started, won't even get into that today because that was planned, of course. Listen to some of my other episodes. But let's remove that. Let's say after the first three years of the Trump presidency and things were really looking up. So one could say, well, economically, economically looks like this guy's pretty good for the economy, except for the fact that he's not cutting spending. Well, let's see when we have to cross that bridge. So certain subjects like the economy, you can see what the unemployment rate is now. You can see in one year what it's going to be. The inflation rate, you can see what it is now, what it's purported to be now, what it's going to be purported to be in one year because they lie to us about the inflation rate they have for decades now. Another subject, uh, number of wars that we're in, whether, whether a new war is started or not. I'll never forget the 1964 election. Yes, that's how old I am, and I wasn't a, a little baby either. I was about, how old was I there? Nine years old. And in the playground, the kids were arguing, Johnson should be president, Lyndon Johnson. And the others, no, it should be Goldwater, Barry Goldwater senator from Arizona. And I'll never forget that, you know, I kind of favored Goldwater, you know, even at the age of nine. I just didn't really like Johnson too much. And some kids said, no, but, but if Goldwater wins, we're going to be in a war in Vietnam. <laughs> well, Johnson won and, and he was the president of the war in Vietnam, right? Okay, we're nine years old, but I guess a lot of us got our opinions from our parents. And some of those parents were wrong, too. But in such cases, if this guy's elected, we're going to be in more wars. No, we're not. We're not going to have any wars. You say, stop. You can say, oh, wait a minute. Let's not get heated about this. You know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do with somebody that you see regularly, say, at your place of work, say, we're not going to argue about it anymore. You have your opinion, I have mine. But 
let's put our money where our mouth is. I will bet you $20 that if this guy is president next year, we're going to have fewer wars or fewer soldiers in foreign countries than we do now. And he might say, no, it's going to be the opposite. Okay, there are things that you can see. If a war ends, for example, or if they're pulling more troops out, then there are less soldiers. If they're putting more in, there's more. You can bet on it and bet $20, $50, whatever. And then you don't have to argue anymore. You won't even want to argue. You don't want to change the other guy's mind then because he changes his mind. He might back out of the bet. Say, well, okay, why don't, yeah, I think I agree with you. Let's not bet. So if you're so convinced that you're right, put your money where your mouth is and bet on it. Now, this can go wrong, of course. I'll give you an example from my life. I've been convinced for a long time now that Anthony Fauci is a criminal. And this was before Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s book came out. You get that book. I highly recommend it. You read the first 20 pages. You see Fauci was a criminal 30 years ago. And with the evidence, Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s book is the most heavily referenced I've ever seen. It has, I think, thousands of footnotes. It backs up everything he, he claims. Fauci is a criminal basically. But I had predicted that by, what was it, March of this year, he'd be in prison. And I bet 20 bucks. And I lost that. Now, I'm still convinced Fauci's going to go to prison if he doesn't die first. But, well, I haven't seen the guy yet, but I told him as soon as we see each other, I'm going to pay him his 20 bucks. I did lose the bet. But nonetheless, I didn't have to keep arguing with the guy at the moment, did I? And I was convinced I was going to win that bet. I didn't think things would take this long to tell you the truth. And maybe Fauci will just die of a heart attack. Don't blame it on the vaccines. Don't you dare say he had a heart attack because of vaccines, because I'm sure Fauci never got those vaccines. If they injected anything into him, it was salt water, saline solution. It's been shown that some of those vaccines are just saline solution anyway. And believe me, he didn't get this mRNA vaccine injected into his arm. I would bet on that. I'd bet a thousand bucks on that, but there's no way we can test it. So, you know, some bets you really can't do. But my suggestion in this relatively short episode is going to be consider this if you're arguing with somebody and if it's something that can be tested, that you say, wait a minute, we'll have the answer to this tomorrow uh, or next week. I mean, it could be something in the family as well. Uh, let's see, what could it possibly be? Uh, I don't know, for example, uh, your mother-in-law, or no, your wife wants you to go along to visit the mother-in-law, and you really don't feel like doing it. And you say, look, if I go, then she's going to start talking to me, harping at me to get a vaccine, and I'm going to get a vaccine. And your wife says, oh, no, she's not going to do that. And you say, well, the last three times she did, oh, no, I'm, no I told her, and I'm sure she's not going to mention vaccines. That's a perfect example. Because when you say is, okay, what can we bet? Now, of course, betting money with your wife can be a losing proposition because maybe you're making the money in the family. And so if she loses money. She's giving you back the money. <laughs> but if she makes money, say, okay, let's, let's bet here, right? Say she has her job, you have your job. And once again, it's not a good example with the wife because maybe the money you both make goes for the household anyway, so it doesn't make much difference. You could bet something else. You could bet, for example, if I win, I'm not going to have to wash the dishes for the next two weeks. You're going to not just cook the food. You're going to wash the dishes. You'll say, fine. But to say, but if you lose, you have to cook the food too. That's a perfect bet, right? Something in a household. And you say, okay, I'll go visit your mother. But if she tries to talk me into getting vaccines, you lose. And then the next day you go, and then you'll hear if she talks about vaccines or not. If she doesn't, then your wife was right, and you lose the bet. 
If he does, then you are right. But my point here is you make that bet to stop an argument that might be getting more and more heated at the moment because that's never good. And often, well, I will say practically always that happens because each person thinks he or she is right. And often it's not about evidence because they don't even want to look at the evidence or sometimes half one of them doesn't want to look at the evidence at all. And you might have evidence. Vaccine situation is a perfect example of that where people's lives are at stake and yet still a good part of the population doesn't even want to see the evidence against the vaccines. They don't even want to look at it. Uh, this is uh, beyond stupid. It's dangerous for themselves and for society. And some would say, well, people, some anti-vaxxers, they don't want to look at the evidence. All the ones I do certainly do, and they know much more about the evidence from, from both sides. But yes, there are some that just reject anything the pharmaceutical industry does and don't want to look at evidence. There are some people like that. Uh, personally, I'm not in touch with any of them. But anyway, so what I'm giving you here is a little mental technique or a little technique to take the pressure off situations and we're applicable. That is when you can see, oh, wait a minute, this is something we're arguing about and next, maybe maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, next month, next year, we will know whether one person is right or the other. So let's bet on it. And please do write it down. Send the other an email. We have bet on this for this amount. So they can't say, well, I don't remember actually betting. No, they accept the email, say, yep, the bet is on. And that way, I won't say you can avoid all arguments because, like I said, some things you'll never know one way or the other. But if it is something like that, you can stop the argument. You can make a bet. If you're so sorry yourself, you can pick up some money as well because you'll win that bet. And if you don't win the bet, then that'll teach you a good lesson. Hey, the next time I should be more careful. But you should be more careful not just with betting, but with expressing your ideas so strongly. You see what I mean? So it helps you to develop as a person and helps you to stop, I would say, maybe 30% of the arguments simply by gambling <laughs> and just little friendly bets. By the way, don't bet more than you're willing to lose in the worst case, which is you're wrong and, and you pay and always pay your bets, by, your, your gambling losses. If you lose a bet, you do pay off because that's a question of honor. So I hope you enjoyed this little somewhat superficial talk, but with some, with a good practical technique, how you can diffuse maybe a good 30, 35% of the arguments you have. Thanking you for, for listening to me today. I wish you a fine day or night, wherever you are. And this is, as you know, the path of Socrates. Bye now. <laughs>